Hello again, everyone, and welcome to this week's Bible study podcast as we continue our study into the book of Proverbs. But first, I hope you had a wonderful Fourth of July celebration. You know, reflection of our national heritage and remembrance of our history is good. As we study the nation of Israel, such reflection and celebrations are recorded in Scripture. So it's good that we celebrate the Fourth of July. And I don't know about uh, homemade ice cream and spare ribs and that kind of thing, but uh, I just hope that each of you had a a wonderful Fourth of July holiday. Jason seems to be doing a little better with his COVID illness. Dana, she's having a rougher time of it, but for now at least, uh, it's not life-threatening, and uh, we're we're thankful for that. And considering the state of our our country and other factors in our lives, we certainly have a lot to pray for. So let's get started and begin with prayer, asking God to heal us physically, to heal our land, and to give us the wisdom he desires to have us. Uh, that that he wants us to have so we can be the children he wants us to be. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are thankful that we can come to you in prayer. Father, through the blood of Christ, that our petitions can be laid at your feet. Father, that you hear prayer, that you do answer prayer, oftentimes not in accordance to what we want. But Father, we know that you seek our better good and you know what's best for us and so father we lift that to you we have sickness and illness that's among us father other health issues and we know you're the great physician so father we just ask for physical healing father that uh, the bodies would be healed and uh, physically well and that you receive the glory father we do continue to pray for our nation our leaders, Father, our president, and Lord, we just ask that uh, your will be accomplished in the lives of Christian people as we sit and look round about the world today to make us mindful, Father, of your love and to share that love with others around us. We ask your blessings upon the lesson even today, Father, as we continue to study wisdom Father, to search out the the words here in Proverbs. Father, that we may learn. Father, that we can follow your instructions in life. That we can indeed be the children, be the Christian people that you want us to be. We just love you and we praise you for all that you do for us, Father. For it's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You know... As a father or grandfather, every child that has been born in our family, well, there were not written instructions that came out with a little baby. We just didn't get those instructions. I don't know if you did with your children, but uh, we did not get any instructions with our children. Now, we can say that the Bible, B-I-B-L-E, has been referred to as basic instructions before leaving earth. And it is true that certainly we learn from the Bible and it actually instructs our lives. Uh, But as we've mentioned in times past, it's not like an encyclopedia book or dictionary 
where we can easily just look something up alphabetically and answer a quick question. That's not how it works. However, when properly read and studied, God's Word can be a light and a lamp unto our feet as we travel life's pathway. You know, construction workers, uh, they understand the need to follow exactly the blueprints that were drawn for that particular construction project. Specific blueprints for specific jobs. So to the Bible, we have specific words from God given to man for a specific life and a relationship with him. Thus far, in the book of Proverbs, we have looked at the identity of wisdom. It is a real thing. And we are studying and describing the true value of wisdom, the discipline of wisdom. And as mentioned in last week's lesson in chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing in our lives. It is life. It is health. In today's lesson, we're going to look at Wisdom's counsel on, of all topics, sexuality. But it's important because hunger and the drive to reproduce are the two strongest behavioral characteristics of the animal kingdom, including man. However, with few exceptions, man is the only organism that uses sex as a means other than reproduction. And I will say that it is included in God's plan and that sexual behavior and the concepts of sex and reproduction were part of his plan and his creation of man. Scripture is blatantly clear about marital relationships between a man and a woman. And as these two become one, Marriage brings together a most intimate relationship. In this comparison, if you think about it, of the groom and his bride and Jesus as the groom and his church is undeniably the bride. God desires a most intimate relationship with us as he desires a, a sincerity and a devotion to him and him alone. The act of adultery certainly illustrates uh, a non-devotion or exclusive relationship with a spouse. So too then, the analogy of adultery, uh, we cannot demonstrate a truly exclusive relationship with God if we seek and play around, so to speak, with other gods or attentions uh, that are directed in other directions. In chapter 5, Solomon will describe the adulteress and ways to avoid her. Given that God desires our happiness and a relationship specifically with him, a sober reflection is given to probably the strongest emotional behavior of mankind, sex. In chapter 5, the young man is warned of the bitter consequences of involvement with a strange woman. Solomon encourages marital fidelity by graphically illustrating the joys of sexual union with a wife, 
of your youth. So beginning in Proverbs chapter 5, verse 1, let's begin. So Proverbs chapter 5 and beginning with verse 1. My son, attend unto my wisdom and bow your ear to my understanding that you may regard discretion and that your lips may keep knowledge. Now see, he says the same thing here in chapter 7. So beginning uh, these chapters, Solomon is going to again remind us of the need to heed instruction. The thought of recognizing the value of wisdom continues here. That you may regard discretion, or at least have enough sense to make the right choice in the right circumstances. So if we look at verses 3 through 6. For the lips of a strange woman drop as a honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold on hell. Lest you should ponder the path of life, her ways are movable, or the, the Hebrew word here is unstable. Her ways are unstable that you cannot know them. Here the adulteress offers the luxury of sexual ecstasy. But the thing is to have sexual ecstasy without the commitment of marriage. But the man who embraces her will find no mercy. Her smooth mouth when kissed becomes a two-edged sword. And if you think about a sword, especially two edges, it's going to sever and separate the blessings that we can have from wisdom. We just read that she is irresponsible, her ways are unstable and unpredictable. She actually seeks her own enjoyment. A lot of times we think it's always for the guy, but that's not that's not necessarily true. But one thing is certain. Her pathway will only lead to Sheol, as uh, the, the hell that is transferred here, uh, which is the kingdom of the dead. It's a place that's reserved for those who refuse to ponder the path of righteousness. So one thing's for certain. That's the pathway that the adulteress is going to take us. Now, we shouldn't underestimate the power of, of sexual sin. Uh, let's let's continue reading. If we look at verse seven, hear me now, therefore, O children, and depart not from the words of my mouth. Remove your way from her, and come not nigh to the door of her house, lest you give your honor to others, and your ears to the cruel. Lest strangers be filled with your wealth, and your labor be in the house of a stranger, and you mourn at the last when they, uh, when your flesh and your body 
are consumed. You know, it's easy to say the best way to avoid any, uh, any temptation is to just be far removed from it. We hear the expression, uh, you play with fire, you're going to get burned. But here, uh, it goes even farther than that. Even if you are uh, close to fire, you may not get burned, but you're still going to be close enough to smell like the smoke. So the point here is to completely avoid it. And he continues. Now, now think about it. Do you really want to give the best years of your life to someone who will only bleed you dry and ruin you and kill you? We need to think long term, not short term. You know, if we look at verses 12 and 13, verse 12, and say, How have I hated instruction and my heart despised reproof? and have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined my ear to them that instructed me. In the end, think about it. How embarrassing, how sad, that words of wisdom were imparted to your ears, but you did not hear. You would not listen, and you did not take the instruction and he failed to listen and heed these wise, these, uh, wise words but if we look at verse 14 a confession is made here I was almost in evil look at verse 14 it says I was almost in all evil in the midst of the congregation and assembly now, remember, this is Solomon talking, and what, how many wives and concubines did he have, and what kind of a life did he have? And and the thing is, if, if we remember that Proverbs is just a practical statement of life, and here, certainly Solomon has tried all the pleasures of the world, but his eyes were finally open, and he was finally led by wisdom to walk as a true son a true husband, knowledgeable and bound by the covenant of God. Now, if we look at verses 15 through 17, verse 15 says, Drink waters out of your own cistern and running waters out of your own well. Let your fountains be dispersed. And rivers of water in the streets. Let them be only for you and not strangers with you. We can extend here in verse 18. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth. Now we'll come back to that. But what he's saying is this. We have two cisterns that are before us. One cistern literally belongs to you. You have previously drunk water from it, and that water was good. All right, now look right next to it. You see another cistern full of water. Uh, but besides that cistern lies the skeleton of a dead animal. Now, you have a choice to drink from that cistern as well. 
You have a choice. Your cistern that you have previously drunk from and is good. Or you now have an opportunity to drink water from another cistern. But you know, out of the corner of your eye, you see that dead animal laying off to the side. Hmm. Which would you choose? I think it's easy to say, <laughs> I'm not drinking that one where that dead animal is. But look round about us. How many people do? Why? Why would we do that? You know, if we look at verses 18 and 20, we'll come back to, uh, well, let's just go ahead and look at 18 through 20. Let the fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth. Let her be as a loving hind and pleasant roe. Let her breast satisfy you at all times. And you, uh, King James has the word ravished right here, but a better word is exhilarated. And you will be exhilarated always with her love. Now, here's where it really starts to uh, not get interesting, but you get to the meat of the matter here. If we go to Exodus 20:14, we actually have the commandment, Thou shalt not commit adultery, which covers our, our lesson here. But if you think about it, this particular commandment, Thou shalt not commit adultery, is commandment number seven. It's number seven. And we've studied the meanings of numbers. And here we have the number seven. It's a perfect number. God's creation is perfect. And our intimate marriage relationship with Christ is perfect. We need to recognize that. We need to take it, understand it, heed it. Why would Think about it again. Why would you do something else? It just doesn't make any sense at all to choose a strange woman who is unstable. Scripture says here, who is unstable, and she's only after her own self-gratification. She doesn't really care about you at all, and following that path will only lead to your death. Would you want that or would you rather be in the arms of someone who truly loves you? Someone who truly cares about your well-being. You know, and here Solomon continues. And, and he says, I've said it and told you all along. So, so just stop and think about it and contemplate what I'm saying for a moment. This is what, what uh, Solomon is trying to say. A cistern of living water that you truly know in your heart is good, or a cistern that contains poisonous water. You would think it's really a no-brainer. Look at verse 19. Verse 19 says, Let her be as a loving hind and the pleasant roe. Let her breast satisfy you at all times, and you will be exhilarated always. With her love. Would you rather be in the arms of a warm embrace of someone who truly loves you and desires only the very best for you, we've said, 
or would you rather be in the arms of a stranger who, what, what's the expression, who doesn't give a hill of beans about you? I don't know where we come up with some of these expressions, but certainly they don't even care about you. You have a cistern of good water, a cistern of poisonous water. You have the arms of someone who loves you compared to the arms of someone who they don't care about you at all. And so as we finish up, look at verse 20. And why will you, my son, be ravished with a strange woman and embrace the bosom of a stranger? See, he's asking that question. That, that's, that's a foolish choice. Verse 21, for the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his goings. His own iniquities shall take the wicked himself, and he shall be holden with the cords of his sin. He shall die without instruction, and go in greatness of his folly. He shall go astray, or in the greatness of his folly, he shall go astray. You know, for sure, Paul said that all have sinned. The temptation of sin, any sin, including sexual sins, they're ever before us. And if our focus is not on God, it is elsewhere. That's the whole point here. And if we think about it, do we want to hold on to the cords of sin and die? And in this case, why will he die? Because he simply failed to hold on to instruction. He held on to the cords of sin instead of the cords of instruction. And because you fail to heed the words and wisdom and instructions from someone who is wiser than you and greater than you, it will just lead you to the eternal abyss. So to close it out, we have this. The characteristics of sexual behavior is the strongest motivation of any human activity. Certainly we can look at history and current events and see how sexual behavior uh, has affected how people live and what they do. However, God uses this behavior to teach us and to uh, it establishes a marital relationship as, as pure. Christ the groom, the church as the bride. Second, it contrasts God with the love of Christ, who loves us and deserves only the best for us, with that of an uncaring Satan who seeks to destroy us. And finally, we can only see and notice this wisdom that is being placed before us, that is being passed down, from someone who knows better. And we should certainly be able to see the love of God that he has for us. Well, time's up. It always is about this time of the podcast. And um hate to leave it here. Uh, there's, uh, it seemed like to me I just uh, kind of poked a hole in a water balloon here, and now it's leaking everywhere. But, well, uh, actually try to pick up some of this again later on next week.
But for now, we have to close it out. And I guess we'll get back with you next week. So for now, so long.